With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Dynasty Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer, and you guys are in for a treat today because it's Lessons with Dad, how to properly rebuild your dynasty team. So on the Dynasty Dad Podcast, I really set out to create content where you guys are really going to get the full experience on how to how to take care of your dynasty team, know when it's time to rebuild, know when it's time to retool, how to make those trades, and we're going to talk about a lot of those kind of things, but today is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's how to properly rebuild your dynasty team. So I started out doing dynasty about six years ago, and in the beginning, I was so used to doing redraft. You know, I dominated redraft, and I'm like, this will be easy. I mean, everybody acts like dynasty's hard. I'll just draft teams that win, and I'll be fine. I'll be able to get my rookie picks and try to, you know, see what happens there. And after a couple years, you know, of being in that contention area, I started, you know, getting the 107 pick every year. I'm like, I make the playoffs, and I lose first round. So I finally got the courage to just say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to rebuild this thing. I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to see what happens. And I am so happy I did because on the teams that I've done that with, I took an 0 and 26 rebuild, you know, and turned into 24 and 2 and won myself a good bit of money in a in a writers league that I'm amped and I talked about it on the Dynasty Refinery podcast about what I did with that team. Today's team what I want to talk to you about is taking that really rough team. You know, I took over an orphan here. And I'm going to run you through how I built it into a strong contender and how I've taken this into a two-year process. I see it on Twitter all the time. People are like, hey, dad, what's going on? You know, what should I do to – it's a rebuilding team. And I feel like the term rebuild is just loosely used. I feel like people just say they're rebuilding because they finished in sixth place last year or they're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins for DJ Moore and, and a pick. And those are not rebuilding. That's retooling. If you want to take an older player and move down, and you guys all know if, if you follow me, I call it an insulated trade where you trade DeAndre Hopkins for DJ Moore and a second round pick. And then you get you know, the insulation of getting that rookie pick on top of the player that you guys really want to get on your team anyways when it comes to you know grabbing youth and, and doing things there. So when it's when you're dealing with dynasty, obviously if you ain't first you're last. You know, I mean, we all love Talladega Knights. But basically last year I was in ten leagues. Seven of them I was had the number one seed in a buy and three of them I got the one oh one. And I want to teach those same kind of things to you, the principle of not being in the middle. You know, if you guys are the six, seven, eight seed, even the the four, five seed Sometimes you get lucky, yeah, and so maybe you win a championship. But for the most part, you're, there's those top two or three teams that you want to get into. You want to be one of those teams that really put yourself in a spot to win year in and year out. So let's jump right into this. Step one 
obviously, is I want you guys to assess your team. You see what's really going on with your team. You check the nuts and bolts here. And when you do that, you want to check for things like the core age of your team. You know, the particular orphan that I took over. And this is a bad one. A buddy of mine called me and said, hey, this guy drafted his team. And two weeks later, he hadn't paid for it. And he wants out. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it over. I'm up for a challenge. You know, I, I, I want to get into a situation where where I can rebuild a team and, and continue this process because it is an art form and I enjoy doing it. You know, once you do it once and you do it the right way and you guys can always reach out to me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. I will answer these questions for you guys on how to do it. Um, but this draft here, I mean, it it was cringeworthy. It just it made me almost want to dry heave. But he starts out with DeAndre Hopkins. That's fine. You know, second pick, he got Russell Wilson. And after that, the rails came off the train. You know, I mean, we're looking at James Conner in the third, Nikhil Harry in the fourth, Dallas Goddard in the fifth. And, and it just gets worse from there. You know, Sammy Watkins, Tevin Coleman. And then, you know, he did take Drew Locke, but Drew Locke had no business going in the seventh round of a, a dynasty Superflex startup. So now that you guys have understood what kind of draft we're looking at and that it was an orphan, it's a 12-team Superflex, and all these kind of things go into the challenge. So what I want to look at is your core age. And all those guys, aside from Harry and Goddard and Locke, were guys that I'm like, I got to start looking to move these guys. You start looking at your positional needs. So you say, oh, well, my starting lineup looks pretty good. But then you realize that you don't have any depth. And if somebody goes down, you're not in that top three situation. You're in that five, six, seven, and that's not where you want to be. I'm continually saying that you want to be in the top three or the bottom three. That's how dynasty winning is done. You got to make sure you're in a position to really go after the ship or go after that 101. And then the most important one, obviously, is your picks. You want to make sure that you have your picks. It is rule number one in this scenario that I'd say to everybody is make sure you have your pick. If you don't have your pick, it is not going to be a successful rebuild. So what I in, tell everyone to do is go out there and get that pick because that pick is going to be 101. You, if you want to win properly and rebuild properly, you have to make sure that is the 101. But don't start making the trades before you get that pick. So trade with the guy that has your pick if it happens to be there. Luckily, I had mine in this scenario. So rule number one, and I cannot stress this enough, this is Dynasty Dad tip number one. Make sure you have your first pick in 2020, 2021, 2022. Go buy those picks back if they're not there. So. Now we've assessed our team, we've looked at the core of our age, we've looked at the positional needs, we've looked at you know what kind of depth and our picks there. You can use tools on MFL, which I suggest using um, as far as you know your points possible. And they have a, a situation there where you can look and see what your record would be against all teams. So that way you have a better idea of, did I get a couple fluky wins in there to make my record look a little bit better? Now, moving on to step two. Now, I've talked about that obviously big rule of making sure you have your first. Now that you have your first, we got to find out how you get the 101. You know, there's a lot of different scenarios out there. Some leagues use what they call the toilet bowl, where the bottom six teams, you know, play for that 101 pick. Uh, if you guys are going to do that, uh, one of my oldest standing leagues does that. What I created was that the 
bottom two teams, you know, get a first round buy. So that way they are at least going to get a top four pick. You know, there's nothing worse than you should have got the 101 and you get the 105. So that way they're making sure they get the 103 and 104 if they lose first round. But I don't think that's indicative of what you're trying to do with Dynasty. You know, you want to have those teams that are at the bottom really get the 101 pick. I do not advocate the worst record for the league because it creates situations that get sticky and they they really break down the integrity of the league because player X decides that he's going to bench Tyreek Hill in week 13. You know, he's going to put him on the bench so he can get have a worse record than the guy behind him. And I've seen it, you know, in this particular league, a guy benched Devontae Adams for the final three weeks of the season. And that creates animosity. That creates a situation where you don't want to be part of that league. And it makes the commissioner do things he doesn't want to. So the, the way that I do all of my leagues is it's points possible. You know, you take all the points possible off your bench. And that way... You know, you're in a situation where the lowest possible points gets the best possible pick. And this is a scenario where I love being a part of because it really helps the rebuild. You know, you don't need to hold on to players to win you that toilet bowl. You can start selling your players to ensure that you have the lowest amount of points possible. And it also prevents from people, you know, drafting Jonathan Taylor and putting him on their taxi squad for the entire year. Those kind of things ruin the integrity of the league. Step three is roster construction, which is totally important when it comes to this. You do not want to have a team full of you know, upside running backs who are 26, 27 years old. I like to build my teams when I'm doing a rebuild around those young wide receivers or if it's a super flex around those young quarterbacks and stockpile all those lottery tickets of young upside wide receivers, young upside running backs, or young upside wide receivers and quarterbacks that you can buy running backs and you can buy tight ends. Why don't you want those running backs and tight ends? Obvious. I mean, you're looking at running backs. They have that two to three year window of, of really excelling. The great ones obviously can do it longer, but most running backs have a two to three year window and tight ends take two to three years to develop. So I don't want to have, you know, I, I don't want to have Travis Kelsey as my tight end because in two years when this rebuild really goes into process, he's going to be 32 years old, 33 years old. I don't need that on my team. And I still, I keep stressing this. It's retool versus rebuild. Retooling is just making a small move here and there. A retooling move from Travis Kelsey would be to trade for Evan Ingram in a first to get a little bit younger. But a rebuild is just moving off of those pieces and building them on at the end. So the first thing I did with this, <laughs> I, I was going to say some you know unsavory words about what this actual you know orphan looked like, but it was the most orphan of all orphans. You know, I mean, this is the the redheaded stepchild, and I am a ginger, so you know that kind of hurts. But it was the redheaded stepchild of all orphans. But what I did first was I took Duke Johnson. So there was a little bit of hype around Duke Johnson last year. He got traded to the Texans, and you're like, he might get a starting role. So I flipped him immediately for Christian Kirk. And Christian Kirk, you may not like him. You know, you can say what you want about him, but he is a solid wide receiver two, wide receiver three with some upside in a, you know, in a Cliff Kingsbury offense that's starting to really be on the ascension, you know, with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I want players in those big offenses. The next trade that I made was getting rid of James Conner. Now, I like James Conner. You know, he's a great story, obviously, you know, fighting cancer and having a phenomenal uh, 2018 season. But James Conner, in my rebuild, and we keep saying this, it's a two-year rebuild. You need to do it two years to make sure you put yourself from the bottom three to the top three. And you're going to see that. If you do this the right way, after two years of being in the bottom, 
year three, you are coming out hard and you are going to be in those top three. I can guarantee it. But I took James Conner and a 2020 second, which was not my own. It was a late 2020 second. And I flipped it for two 2021st, which we all know this class was phenomenal. Both of those, they ended up being the 108 and the 110. And I was perfectly fine with that because James Conner's value is not going to retain. He's not going to stay up there. And in two years, I'm not going to need him. Now is the time, obviously, some, some updated news. But Lamar Miller just signed with the Patriots. Now's the time to flip Lamar Miller or early on in the season here where I've been getting in a couple of my rebuilds. People are offering two 2021 thirds for Lamar Miller. And I'm not quite doing it yet, but I feel like Lamar Miller is a player that he's not going to help you in two years. So flip him for Damian Harris or flip and and something on top or flip him in a second for a first or him in a third for a second and start cashing in on some of these running backs because what you want to do at the running back position is create what I call a positional deficiency. And when you create that positional deficiency, I have my good quarterbacks, my good wide receivers, but my point total is super low because I don't have any running backs. I mean, in the one league that I told you about where I went 24-2, and I believe last year or two years ago I started Naheem Hines as a rookie and Adrian Peterson, you know, and I eventually flipped those guys. But I was starting guys that Darren Sproles and players that shouldn't have been started, but at the same time, it's much better than tanking where you're in a situation where you're benching good players. It's moving and creating that positional deficiency. And that is a term that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but it is huge for the integrity of your league. Step number four, and this one is a dynasty dad coin term, a term that is approved by myself. I used it on the dynasty refinery, but it's a splash trade. So a lot of people come up and they're like, hey, dad, you know, I'm looking to rebuild, you know, and they just want to make a little bit. They want to sit on the fence a little bit and they want to make a little trade to the right, little trade to the left. You go all the way. You know, a splash trade is the type of trade where you just push all the chips in on a player you believe in and you rebuild and you commit to that rebuild. And this particular trade I made with a friend of mine, I gave him DeAndre Hopkins, who's 28, and by the time the rebuild is over, he's going to be 30 years old. You know, And Russell Wilson, who's 30, and by the time this rebuild is ready to go, he's going to be 32 years old. Both of those guys, the value was at a peak. And Russell Wilson and DeAndre Hopkins have started slipping down the board since then. I was able to get for that Patrick Mahomes. Carry on Johnson, and a 20-22nd, which ended up being the 202, which I was perfectly happy with. Patrick Mahomes is the 101 of super flex startups. You know, I love Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson, but the longevity and upside of Patrick Mahomes is too good to pass up. If you were going to have a centerpiece, which this team did not, Patrick Mahomes is a guy that you build around because for the next decade, that value is not going to drop. He is going to be a top quarterback in this league. You can book it. Patrick Mahomes is also a player that everyone wants to trade for. So once I got him and teams were starting to get at the playoffs, I was getting some offers, you know, Sam Darnold in the first for Patrick Mahomes. Meh. You know, I was getting the offers like DJ Moore for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, no, you know, I can hold on to him and I don't feel like I have to move him and I'm going to build him around him completely. Uh, at the time, obviously, carry on Johnson was, you know, on the injured reserve. And that's why the player was a able to move him. Carry on Johnson's obviously in a timeshare now with with DeAndre Swift, but he's a player I don't mind having because of the fact that he's young. You know, he came into the league not even able to drink. Now he's you know he's going to be done with his first contract. It'll be 24 years old. I feel like everybody's just kind of written him off. So I'm not trading him, even though I'm talking about trading all my running backs. He's someone that I'm perfectly fine with. So now we enter to step five, 
and it is personally one of my favorites when it comes to in-season, and I feel like it's one that people struggle with the most because they get to step five, and that's selling your veterans. And they're like, well, but Mike, you know, what happens if this guy breaks out or what happens if this happens? And I'm not advocating selling the 21-year-old rookie who hasn't panned out. I'm not suggesting trading, you know, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside for nothing. These are the type of moves that I made in this particular roster, and these are the kind of things that you want to do. So the first one I did was I gave up Tevin Coleman to a guy who really, you know, Tevin Coleman had a good game. And in Dynasty, I talk about it all the time, it's buy low, sell high, and you take situations like Tevin Coleman had a 21-point game. So I just then instantly went to the group chat, and it's talking about knowing your teammates, knowing your league mates. And I said, anybody interested in Tevin Coleman, you know, I'm looking to move off him. And a guy offered me a 20-22nd. You know, it ended up being 210. But at the same time, it helped create my pick closer to 101 and it gave me future assets you want as much of your team in a two-year rebuild to be as liquid as possible tevin coleman value is going to drop 210 value is going to stay there and once you get to the draft it's only going to go up the next one i did was after week two john ross had a monster game you know and you're going to see i have a bunch of these guys that were week one week two they went off i actually got a 2021 first for john ross that won't happen in most of your leagues. You know, sometimes I just, the guy was really hungry for me. He thought John Ross was going to break out. And what I really try to tell people is, you know, right now, people are going to be really hesitant to give up their 2021 first. But people will trade their 2022 first for just about anything because they feel like they can get that pick back. It doesn't have as much value. So they're like, yeah, I'll give you a 2022 first. And in this situation, it was 2021, a year and a half ago. So they were willing to do it. I gave up Sammy Watkins. Remember, he had a 45-point performance and Case Keenum to the guy who had Baker Mayfield. So he's like, I got his backup and got Damian Harris in two 2020 seconds. Both of them ended up being on the early side. Damian Harris and players like that, I advocate strongly that you make sure you ask for the throw-in players. You know, when you're in a rebuild and when you start selling your vets, everybody knows you're in a rebuild. So they understand it. But what you got to do is realize that you're in a position of power, that they want your players. They want the assets that you have. And they're not looking at the picks as, as heavily as you should. So you take a guy like Damian Harris who was fantastic at Alabama. You know, he had decent draft capital, but then he didn't get much playing time. So I was like, why don't you just, he offered me two 20, 20 firsts or seconds. And I said, throw in Damian Harris and let's just call it a deal. And he's like, absolutely. Because if you want to contend, you don't feel like a guy like Damian Harris is going to be something that's really going to hold you back. And we're in a scenario here where, you know, Sony Michelle on the pup list, Damian Harris could get some early looks here and have, you know, it's just another lottery ticket, a guy that can only appreciate in value because his value is that low. Later on in the season, and this is a, another point of selling your vets, is you got to look at your look at all the rosters. You know, you got to look around. And it was week th- thirteen, and I said, "Man, this guy is one game out of the playoffs, and he's only got one starting quarterback." And I was like, "I got Kyle Allen, who I picked up off of free agency." You know, I was like, "Yeah, okay, let let's let me go talk to this guy." So I said, "Hey, are you interested in Kyle Allen?" He said, "Well, you know, I could always start this guy or that," and I'm like. You only have one quarterback in a super flex league. I believe, you know, this is somebody that I'm going to sell him to you on the cheap end. I'm going to make a good deal here for you. How about you give me two 2023rds and I'll give you a 2024th and Kyle Allen, you know? And it's not a sexy trade. By no means is a deal where you're like, 
running away, be like, yo, I hosed that guy. Because he ended up getting the win and, and putting himself into the playoffs. But now I got two nice liquid assets where Kyle Allen is pointless. He should not be on your roster anymore, even in the deepest of super flex leagues. You know, obviously he's going over there to back up Dwayne Haskins, but Alex Smith is around. So Kyle Allen is useless to me this year and certainly would be next year. And one other big splash trade there was I gave Christian Kirk. You know, I traded for Christian Kirk, gave up Duke Johnson. Uh, but now the guy wanted Christian Kirk, so I got the 2021st, which ended up being 110, and David Njoku. David Njoku, very similar to Damian Harris, where you're like, I want an upside piece to be thrown in here. And he was more than willing to do that because Njoku in 2018 was fantastic. 2019, really nothing going, you know, and it, his he has a high ceiling, but most people are giving up on him already. And the last trade I actually made here, this one's just kind of funny, is I really suggest for your leagues to be no trade deadline. If you have no trade deadline, once you get to weeks 14, 15, 16, the rebuild really gets interesting because those teams that are in the playoffs are willing to pay a little bit more and they're willing to really go all in. And it creates a scenario where your league really wants to be involved year round. And that's what you want in your dynasty leagues. You want those bottom feeders to be around in 14, 15 and 16 to get more involved because those bottom teams start to really, you know, they start to taper off here and they start to lose interest after they're out of it. So in this particular instance, I was able to give Eli Manning, you know, who actually Daniel Jones was hurt. So Eli Manning was playing. He played that one week and I got a fourth round pick for it. And I'm perfectly fine for it because I got Darrington Evans at the 402 with that pick. And I, as you're going to hear in a little bit, I flipped Darrington Evans for a nice piece. Before we move on to step six, which is obviously a rookie draft prep, I would like to talk to you guys, you know, talking about drafts and we all have our own drafts coming up here in a little bit. I'm very excited to announce that I've teamed up again with DraftKits.co again this season, and I want to assist you guys as the Dynasty Dad in every aspect of your fantasy football experience. Their draft boards are really just the icing on the cake. They make the highest quality draft boards for 8 up to 16 teams with color player graphic labels. They do IDP, auctions. I just got my now custom reusable vinyl board where now all I have to do is buy stickers every year. Um, I record with that in the background, so if you guys see any of the, the live stuff that I do, it is a super sharp board, and you guys will love it. So head on over there. You know They're confident in being there's going to be an NFL season. I'm confident that you're going to love their draft boards. Simply go over there, use the code DAD at draftkits.co, and you'll get 10% off. So tell them DAD sent you, and you guys will have that sharp draft board. I understand with COVID, you know, we want to be as safe as possible. And for my particular draft, We've decided that we're going to do it outside, you know, and we're going to give ourselves plenty of room for social distancing. But when it comes to doing your redraft leagues and your home leagues, I feel like it's an important aspect just getting together. So we're going to try to make it as safe as possible. And I understand a lot of you guys, you know, are still doing it online and that's fine. But check these guys out, you know, even if it's just to go look at what their boards are for next year. Draftkits.co, they'll thank me later. So talking about rookie draft prep, and this is – almost the most fun part of the offseason. You know, as soon as the season's over, we start looking at our draft picks. We start saying, what are we going to do with these picks? What is it going to turn into? And at the Dynasty Refinery last year, we did rookie spotlights, and we had play people on to talk about them, like Matt Hicks, and we had you know Angelo Analysis and Stompy, and we had some great guests. And at the Dynasty Dad, we have some big-time guests coming up too. I mean, Tyler Gunther is going to come on the show next week. Um, we just have some great names. I don't want to give it all away. But uh, we're going to be doing some really fun things over here with some great guests. 
So rookie draft prep really gets you in a scenario where you are putting yourself your best foot forward and you really need to because if you're going to do the draft properly, if you're going to do a rebuild properly, you got to nail your draft. And having that 101 is obviously key to it all. So you have that 101. And the biggest mistake that I see people do is they take that 101 pick and in February they're like, 101's on the board. You know, no, do not try to shop that pick until you're on the clock. Why? Let it build up. Let people realize the value of that pick. If you sell it in February, you don't know that Clyde Edwards Alaire is going to the Chiefs and that pick is going to be worth a boatload because he's going first round of regular startups, not just rookie picks. If you had sold in February, you would have realized that you know, you would not be getting anywhere near the same value that you would get today. Now, we did this particular draft the week after the NFL draft, you know, and, and that part is fun for my leagues. I enjoy doing it the week after the NFL draft because it makes that draft prep. You really got to get into it. You got to dive in. You got to check the tape. You got to listen to the podcast. And it puts it where all the pressure's on you. So in this particular draft, you know, it's super flex. I knew that one of the guys had no quarterbacks. He had Joe Burrow, and that was a or, uh, he had Kyler Murray. What am I trying to do? A little bit of a Freudian slip there, but no, he had Kyler Murray, and that was about it. So I started shopping it, and I sat on the clock for a good two hours. You know, I got a couple offers; they were pretty bad. You know, like a second round pick to move up back to one seven, and I'm like, I, I'm not doing this. And finally, you know, people realize you put it out there on your group chat. Hey, guys, I got a couple offers here. I'm trying to work through them, you know, and let people know that you're not just sitting there. And it was amazing because he, he jumps at me and he's like, man, I got the 109. He's like, what's it going to take? And I said, I'm going to need both your 2021 firsts. So he's like, I can't do that. And I said, do you want Burrow? You know, you, you, that's the only way you're going to contend. And I don't think there's going to be many quarterbacks fall to you there. And he goes, let's do it. So I ended up getting the 109 and two 2021 firsts for Joe Burrow, you know, for that one spot. And those 2021 firsts, one of them looks to be real early. One of them looks to be late. But with the 109, I was able to get Jerry Judy. So if you tell me you could get Jerry Judy in two firsts, Judy is a guy that is perfect for your rebuild process. He's a guy that is going to just continually appreciate and value. Stay patient then. So I, I'm done with the 101, and I have 108, 110. 112, 201, 210, 212. And I'm like, I got all these picks. I want to move up. And I'm like, wait a second, Mike. You got to stay true to what you're trying to teach people here. Be patient. So, you know, I asked around. I said from 108, I said, if I give up a 20, 20 second, could I get up to 104? You know, because I wanted to go up there and I wanted to I wanted to get Tua because I wanted to have Tua and Mahomes and start building that way. But I ended up being patient. You know, I waited for my guy. 102 was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 103, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is my guy. If you can get Jonathan Taylor, you will never get him cheaper than you can right now. The athletic profile, the offensive line there, I mean, what the guy runs a 4.38 at his size just isn't fair. I feel like the sky is the limit for Edwards Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor, but in particular for me, Jonathan Taylor, because he's considerably cheaper going around later in startups than Edwards Hilaire right now. Uh, Tua at 104. Dobbins at 105, Swift at 106, and then Akers at 107. So now I'm on the clock at 108. Now, my guy fell to me. I mean, I'm doing a rebuild, and I don't want running backs. I want who I think is the next DeAndre Hopkins. I want C.D. Lamb on this team. But there are a lot of Cowboys fans there. You always want to make sure you're trying to get the most bang for your buck. I put it on the clock. No real good offers. So 
yeah, I'll take CD Lamb. So now I'm starting to, you know, really start to form a little bit of a, a, a nucleus here. You know, I get those extra firsts, which ended up, and I have five of them. And I got CD Lamb. So then I struck gold. I said, hey, you know, I got a lot of picks coming up here. I'd like to get a little bit more proven assets. And you never know what people are going to offer. You know, like sometimes you get dry offers. And this one, I almost, you know, I almost broke my finger hitting, hitting that smash accept button. He offered me Drew Locke. Or he, I'm sorry, he wanted Drew Locke, who the hype on Drew Locke, especially with us over at the Dynasty Refinery, was hot. You know, we were talking about him. And Deontay Johnson, who was everybody's darling. And Hayden Hurst, another guy that, you know, I got off waivers that everybody was loving. And that 201 pick, which, you know, in this class is a very good pick. And he offered me DJ Moore, who is the prototypical guy to rebound around. Rebuild. I keep saying rebound, you know. I'm more of a I was a basketball guy, you know, I like to box out, but I was able to get DJ Moore by boxing out. And DJ Moore is the prototypical guy to rebuild around because I believe that this time next year, it's gonna be Michael Thomas, it's gonna be DJ Moore in that top tier. And DJ Moore is just an ascending asset that you guys gotta go get before he blows up. I mean, the guy is twenty two years old. He had eleven hundred yards last year. Now he gets a offense that's a lot more open he's going to get Teddy Bridgewater that's a lot more accurate I mean the targets he was getting last year were not quality targets I mean you're looking at Josh Allen and just a whole slew of bad quarterback play and then I get Mark Andrews who's right now you know going as the tight end three I did say that tight ends aren't what I like to build around so I've been trying to shop Mark Andrews but I'm perfectly fine with Mark Andrews as my tight end because in two years he will still be very relevant then I move over to 109. That's my next pick. And the nice part about trading for that 109 is I own the back half of the draft. I had 108, 109, 110, 112. When you get a whole situation, a whole scenario of these are my picks and someone's going to have to come in here and get them from me or they're all mine. And this year was a great time to be there. 109, I got Jerry Judy. You know, So now I have CeeDee Lamb. I have Jerry Judy. I have DJ Moore. That is a sexy nucleus of wide receivers to start mixing into. I get the 110, and a guy wants to, you know, he wants to trade up for it. He offers me Cam Newton and a very, very early 21 first. I feel like this is definitely going to be a top three 21 first for the 110 and 112. And I was like, that's fine. I feel like Cam Newton's going to bounce back. It worked out because he landed in New England, and I feel like Cam Newton, I talk about him a lot on Twitter, but I feel like Cam Newton's going to have a breakout year because. He is really, from his end, he wants to prove he can still play. From Belichick's end, he wants to prove that he can win without Brady. And there's going to be a lot of fireworks in New England. And I feel like they're going to be, you know, a lot more aggressive than people are giving them credit for. So then I moved back and we get to 112 again. That guy's like, man, he goes, I really wanted Justin Herbert at 110. But he's like, I don't know what to do with 112. So I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you 202 and 303. I jump in there and I take my man Justin Herb or Justin Jefferson. So now I have Jefferson, who if you guys have seen on Twitter some of those catches he's been making lately, you know, I have Jerry Judy and I have CeeDee Lamb, the three best guys in this class in my estimation, mixed with DJ Moore, and now I have a wide receiver nucleus to build around with Patrick Mahomes. 212, I took another, you know, guy that I kind of like, LaVisca Chenault, and then 402, I took Darrington Evans. So that leads me, you know, that, that's how you, I navigated my draft. It's super important to just know the players you want, know who you're trying to get. And when you're a rebuild, it's a little bit different because you know if you have 103 or 104 and, you, you know, that might be J.K. Dobbins, 
or that might be you know swift and you want to move back you know exactly what you're trying to get so now we move on to step seven and that's just refining your roster that's making those moves now so i got to a point where rookie draft is over now i gotta i can start making some moves for 2020 do i want to be super competitive i feel like i have a nice young nucleus but i don't think i'm there yet i don't have the running backs so i have to be patient with these kind of moves because i'm getting i have five 2021 firsts and at 421 seconds and people are coming after those and that's not what i'm trying to move as a rebuilding team you are not trying to move those picks unless you get an opportunity like this right here so the owner comes to me and he goes I know you love DK Metcalf. I see it on Twitter all the time. Know your league mates, okay? He pulled this one on me because he knows I love DK, and DK is a wide receiver you can build around. So he goes, what if I give you DK Metcalf in a 21 second? Now, this is his 21 second, so it should be fairly early. He goes, for you know that 21 first that you have, LaVisca Chenault and Darrington Evans. All day, I smashed it. I was like, all right, give me DK Metcalf for that, and that'll put me with just an unstoppable wide receiver force. So I'm going to run you through the roster that I started with, the roster that I ended with, and just some more tips here to just really get you over the hump. So I started out this orphan that really just was so cringeworthy. Started out with quarterbacks of Russell Wilson and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now I have Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, and a whole slew of 2021 picks, and likely, since I have no running backs, I created that positional deficiency, likely Trevor Lawrence. So you put that into the equation, and that is looking really nice for years to come. Wide receivers, it was DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Sammy Watkins, John Ross, and Deontay Johnson. Now I'm rolling out there with DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and Nikhil Harry. That is the strength of my team. And when it comes down to getting those running backs, now I have some wide receivers that I can literally trade for that, that I can move on the clock and pick up some nice running backs when the time is around. And at tight end, I go from Hayden Hurst to Mark Andrews. So a massive upgrade when it comes to the tight end position as well. Now I'm in a position where if I want to, I can start trading some of them picks to get running backs and put myself into a a bit of a contention, but like I've been teaching you guys the whole time, if I trade a couple of those running backs or picks for running backs and they don't pan out, the rebuild has pretty much failed. Now I have legit quarterbacks. I have a top five tight end. I have a established wide receiver core that I think is going to be elite. And now all I need is a couple of running backs here and there, and I'm starting to shop, but I want to make sure that I am still positionally deficient there so I can make sure I get Trevor Lawrence. I get guys like Travis Etienne and they're going to put me over the top. And then in two years, in 2021, I will win this league and I will come back to you guys and I'll let you guys know how it went. But it's using things like how to properly rebuild that dynasty team. Going over it again, your step one is assess your team, making sure your core values are there, making sure you have the depth, making sure you're ready to roll. Number two is getting your first. That is the most important thing in the entire rebuild process is making sure you have your first round pick. Number three, roster construction of creating that positional deficiency, which I always say should be running back and tight end. Number four, making that splash trade. You guys know that's a dynasty dad coin thing, but pushing yourself all in. Take all the chips and don't sit on the fence. You know, when you're sitting on that fence, you're like, well, maybe I could go for it this year. And then guess what? You end up, you know, finishing in sixth place, losing the first round of the playoffs. Number five, sell your vets. 
You know, that's the, the fun time of a rebuild. Just start packaging everything up. I've been teaching a lot of people this over the years, and they're like, Mike, thanks for it. You know, at the time, I thought Tevin Coleman was worth more than that, but I gave him in a third, and I got a second, and that second ended up being player X, and that is how you win. Rookie draft prep, and I'll be here for that all day long. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm giving you guys the best content when it comes around to rookie season. But check out, there's so many great people when it comes to rookie rookie draft prep. I mean, I've already I've said guys like, um, you know, Matthew Hicks and Angelo Analysis and Ray GQ and my man Riley Bymaster. Just so many intelligent minds when it comes to learning about rookies. And, you know, I try my best at it. For me, the best part of my game is roster construction and making trades. So, you know, I kind of, I, I tend to lean towards those guys on that. And then step seven, obviously it's, it's refining those teams into contention. So that is the, you know, culmination of what I'm talking about, how to properly rebuild your teams. I, you guys can find me on Twitter at dynasty underscore dad FF. I'm trying this solo pod thing. You know, I'm getting a little bit better at it here. I'm so used to having my co-host right next to me, having guests. We have some great guests lined up. I'm, I'm going to hold that, you know, inside and kind of give you guys a little, little bit of sneak peek here and there. But thanks again for tuning in and make sure you guys enjoy the process. <laughs>